Hello, you're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. Sponsored by Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, and I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. everyone and welcome to the voiceover hour podcast now today's guest is i mean i always say they're special guests but this is a special guest um someone i work with very closely every day in fact uh i am introducing you to alan shires now alan is an award-winning british actor voiceover artist and presenter he has worked with clients all around the world and with clients including green king fifa starbucks ford and sony and he also hosts a podcast called Faith and Famous. Welcome, Alan. Hi, Rachel. Hello. This is fun. This is a bit different. It is. And oh, I didn't I didn't add in as well. He's also the producer for the voiceover hour uh, podcast. So he's always in the background kind of, yeah, making this podcast what it is. So it's really wonderful to to have the opportunity to interview you today. Yeah, I'm the only one who has seen and heard all of the outtakes. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. And um, so let's kind of, we'll start off kind of, you know, easy and then we'll, you know, we'll see where we go. Um, how did you, let's, let's tell everybody a little bit about Alan Shires and how did you, how did you get into voice acting? It's a long story really, but what happened was is as a young child, I thought, right, what am I good at? And seemingly I enjoyed acting and I started throwing myself into acting. And when I left school, the only GCSEs that I had was ICT, drama and English literature. So I was like, okay, so aside from computers, I'm an actor. And I began following that route as many young people do when they wanted to break into acting. And I went to college and was getting distinctions and went to university, got an agent and did all of that fun stuff. But what I discovered was in my early 20s, when I was sort of independently working as an actor, is that I didn't really have a clue how the business side of the industry worked. And little bits came in here and then, but 
I ended up having to work a 50 hour a week soul sucking day job, which stole all of my time. And I was looking for a way to get out of that. Then in 2017, I was at a conference in London. It's an acting conference. It was called Surviving Actors. And there was a seminar about voiceover. I went along to the seminar. There was about 100 people, 150 people in the room, massive room, nice stage. And uh, there was an organization there and a confident speaker. And the speaker said, you can be your own boss. You can be an entrepreneur. All of your skills as an actor are transferable into voiceover. You can work from home. You can build a brand for yourself. And this really resonated with me, being an actor who was really struggling in his mid-20s now to get something off of the ground. And growing up watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, I was like, hey, this voiceover thing sounds great. It sounds like I just get to be an actor, but in a small enclosed space. Wonderful. That sounds wicked. So that organization was the voiceover network. And Rachel, you were that speaker. Do you remember that day? Yes, I do. How mad is that? I love that. Yeah, but that when I do talks, it kind of, yeah, can change people's lives. So yes, it's so amazing. From that, what happened is I spent an entire year just watching webinars, taking workshops. I would interact on the Facebook group all the time, asking questions. I really put my head down and studied voice acting. Everything I could learn, I absorbed. And it's odd to think that was going on, you know, five and a half years ago. And so much has changed in such a small period of time. But my commitment was in that first year, don't try and get any work, just study. And I did that for a whole year. I built my booth at the end of that year and I went, right, okay, here we go. Time to get an agent, time to start applying for some work. And we'll see what happens. And I did the thing that everybody does when they're starting out. And I signed up to all the pay to play sites. And I was like, this is where the work is. Quickly discovered that is not where the work is and still have a fair bit to learn. I got a few jobs which were okay, and it certainly gave me some experience. But what I soon learned as I continued on my educational journey throughout 2018 is that there were certainly better ways to book work and make connections and build relationships. So really, it was in 2018 when pay-to-play sites were quickly scrapped, new work started coming in, relationships, connections, and networks began to form. And by 2019, I didn't need a soul-sucking day job anymore. I was doing it independently. And that all started from that one conference room in London two years prior. Amazing. Amazing. And that's, yeah, that's so, you know, I feel so honored to, to be part of your journey. And it's just such a great story and knowing that you have, and you, you know, you did absolutely the right thing by, you know, doing the training and I think so often people come into voiceovers and they think right uh, I'm just going to start booking work before you know doing the steps and there are there are you know steps that you do need to take and that training is so so important especially early on but you know you should continue and as you do but continue training throughout your career career but those early days of like taking that time and really understanding the industry, understanding yourself as a performer, um, understanding how to set up the home studio and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, exciting. And you've, you've worked on some really exciting jobs recently. Yeah, it's been amazing. And one of the things which I absolutely adored about voiceover is that those promises which you gave me very early on about being able to manage your own time, being your own boss, being an entrepreneur, all of your skills as an actor are transferable. That was all truth. That was all, it wasn't a missold promise. And how it's complemented me in the recent days is phenomenal. For example, last year I did this amazing job. It was a TV job, um, performance capture job. 
And as I was working with, it was a BBC job, and I was working with them, what I realized was is that the skills which I had learned as a voiceover artist were transferable back into acting. It wasn't a one-way stream. It was a two-way stream because I'd learned all of those skills from the stuff that I'd been doing. Amazing. And then to take the plunge, uh, you know, I remember the, the moment in my career where I decided to stop doing all the other things that were making me money um, and quit them and focus solely on voiceovers. And it can be pretty scary when you when you take that plunge, but um, it's an exciting jump to make. It's an exciting and nerve-wracking jump. I think there's this misconception that we have to build a brand to the point of where it is more fruitful than the day job. And that's the point of being able to take the plunge. And though that can happen, I think typically speaking, a good way to approach this is get some residual clients behind you so you have got a steady stream of income, get some savings, drop to part-time on the day job if you need to, scrap it if you can, live off of the savings for a bit whilst you build this brand because the time which you can put into your business when you've dropped that day job is massive. Really, for me, I was quite pleased um, in 2019 when I was able to quit my day job. But to be honest, I kind of wish I did it sooner because had I have just been a little bit braver and done it sooner, that time I invested could have got me ahead quicker. Yeah, yeah. And it is that thing, you know, we all only have a certain amount of time and energy every day. And, you know, so often we can spend that time and energy in the wrong direction. And um, and so, yeah, so it is it is taking that brave step to follow your dreams and do what you love. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have to put ourselves in scary places. You know, you have to be in a difficult place to really kind of fight through uh, and I'm a big believer in that. Not that I want anybody listening to this to, you know, to just, you know, completely quit their job like and, and be, you know, put themselves in, in financial difficulty. That is not what I'm saying. But often we do have to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions in order to break through and in order to give us that fire in our belly to really kind of push through and make things happen. Because when we're when we're in comfortable places, even if it's comfortable, miserable places, you know, that that, you know, that sort of comfort doesn't doesn't kind of make you doesn't give you that energy. Um, it's when you kind of get yourself out of your comfort zone that you that energy and suddenly, oh, you know, and it's a bit unpredictable and and you have to really like focus and get on with it. I was a part of a workshop about the psychology of change and how humans respond to change. And 97% of people won't ever commit to a change because of comfort. And what happens is, is it leans on two basic instincts that we have, which is the desire to feel good yeah. and the need to avoid pain. They're the two basic instincts. And it was really interesting because what the conclusion of the workshop was is, unless the pain of staying where you are exceeds the fear of moving away from where you are, you will never move away from where you are, which is why that 3% of people who do make those steps become innovators, entrepreneurs, and very, very successful in their fields. Wow, that's fascinating. It, it is. And I mean, when I'm talking to, to voice actors, you know, I always go back to, you know, setting your goals and and how goal setting can really like put that fire in your belly when you kind of suddenly realize what is possible, what, what you, you know, what you can do and, and how you can change your lives. And, and I do, you know, 
I'm I'm so passionate about this podcast because I know that um you know it makes such a positive difference to so many people's lives. Um and you guys out there, and I, I want I want you to to really think about what you can do to kind of push yourself forward and how amazing that will feel when you are booking those incredible jobs. Um so yeah, so that's that's yeah, very nice insight. Thank you for that, Alan. Yeah, I always I always wonder like how badly do you want it? Whenever I speak to people and they share their dreams and their goals, I'm like, how much do you actually want that thing? And I remember listening to a talk from a guy who's a millionaire, quite successful. And he says, if you want what I have, you have to do what I've done. Yeah. And it's that image of, well, you know, there's a bit of hard work that goes into this too. It's not luck or favor. It's not a lottery ticket. You have to put in the hard work. So how badly do you want it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was interesting on the voiceover hour live webinar this week, uh, Vince Labika from DPN Talent. It was a fantastic interview. And he was talking about um, his, his, his clients, his talent, and how, you know, there are the super talented um, artists, but then there are the the talented, but the hustlers, and they're, they're the ones, you know, yes, you have to have talent. Um, but it's, the hustle that gets you the work it's the hustle you know and when we say hustle it's about you know putting in the 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 hours to do the marketing to do the networking to do the training to to better yourself to make sure your home studio is the best it can be and uh, and I see that with you I know you're a hustler and um <laughs> that, but, but you know when we brought you on the team at the voiceover network it's been fantastic having you as part of the team as, as the business development manager and I know you help lots of our members um all the time if you have something that is something you can share, then you should share it. I don't feel that um, knowledge is comparable to like the cure of cancer or anything like that. But if you can help somebody else on your journey, then you're investing back into a community. And you're also investing back into yourselves. You never know when where, where life will take you or how you will be benefited from somebody in another stream of life. So and and you you've seen, you know, lots of voiceover artists, you know, coming into the voiceover network, people struggling, people succeed, you know, having amazing success. The ones that you see that are that have, you know, just excelled and um, because there are and I, you know it, it's amazing to see people join the voiceover network get involved and then their careers take off what do you what do you see what is it that they're doing you know i think it goes back to that element of how badly do you want it um some of these guys want it so bad they behave as though their life depends on it and i did have to think about that answer then just for a split second because is it fair to say that when other people might not have the time or the energy. But I think back to my own journey, I remember doing workshops at midnight or doing marketing at midnight around my day job because that's how badly I wanted it. Even if you can spare five minutes a day to your personal growth, your personal development, investing into connecting with people on LinkedIn or connecting with local production companies to you or listening to a podcast like this one, it's better than nothing. If you can do that every day and create that attitude, you will begin to see results. Not instantly. This isn't microwave meal material. This isn't instant pot noodle, hot water, off you go. It takes a bit of time. It takes graft. But how badly do you want it? Some of the people who have come in since me have been booking AAA video games and they're absolutely smashing it. I know people who are in the US traveling to the UK events and people in the UK traveling to the US events. Those people are really, really eager. They want it bad they don't want to miss anything like they really really understand the value of training investing into themselves networking being in the presence of amazing people connecting with people and i think the final thing is 
what we experience in entertainment, whatever platform that might be, is be a nice person. All of these people who are doing really well are just the most exceptional people to talk with. Super polite, fast, punctual, really eager to learn a little bit more about you. And they show up, you know, they bring that A game every single time. They're very consistent. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it is that thing of of putting in the work as well, and and not just putting in the work of of like you know getting your website up and your home studio, but building relationships with people is so so important, and and you know that very much as well. Not just the voice acting side of things, but also you know being a business development manager at the Voiceover Network with our partners, because um, we have amazing partners and sponsors, and you work very closely with all of them. You know, and it it takes it takes time to build up those you know relationships and those and it is it's all about building relationships and then and then bringing them into into the voiceover network family and and sharing the love with with our members and one of the things which i absolutely adore about partnership arrangements is that they're always so tailored and specific and unique and it's interesting because the voiceover network is very very successful in the voiceover industry and there is so many elements that we can testify to that whether it be with the fact that we've had Disney on a podcast or Blizzard at an event, big, big names. But I think another area of where we can see the fantastic foundations that we have is that we have companies like Sennheiser, Neumann, Focusrite. We've got the biggest players who are sponsoring the voiceover network. And I think when it comes to checking out a company, looking at their reputation, seeing if they really are what they say they are, well, look at who's orbiting them, look at who they're working with, because that will tell you wonders. You don't get to be friends with Neumann or Disney and not hold some clout in an industry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so exciting. And I just I love that. I love when we when we're able to to share our, you know, I, I love sharing my connections. You know, that was a big thing when I started the voiceover network and I I started doing these events and I would bring my contacts to the events and people would be like, what? And because I've I've always believed that my contacts are not mine to own. Uh, and I continue to do that, you know, like having Vince on the, the voice of our live webinar this week, you know, he's my agent, but I wanted him to come and, and meet everybody. And I wanted to introduce him to the voiceover network family uh, and see if there was anyone in, you know, that would be great to be signed with him or that he could help with, with information. And I think that's really, really important. And that's something I'm, I'm really passionate about as well. I think as well, that's why people can't afford to miss things and why networking is so important. I remember for me at the beginning of the lockdown, one of our members was looking for a, a Northern voice actor and that I just so happened to fit that category. Yay. Yeah. And I booked a job of that guy, but that guy has consistently given me work every couple of months since that, three years on. And it's like, wow, that all came from one introduction. And at the same point, I've got a client who I've been able to introduce to some people I know and they go on to book work with them. And it's not, I think people often want to hold on to their clients, don't they? Thinking, well, if they're, if they're giving work to those people and they're not giving it to me, it's like, well, no, they're, they're either going to give it to your people that you've recommended or they're going to find somebody else. Yeah. If they wanted to give it to you, they would have given it to you. It's not right for you. So spread the love, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that about like spreading the love and, you know, and, and the voiceover industry is so amazing and so friendly and, you know, voiceover artists are a particular type of person um we are we have to be good communicators and and that's you know that's so important but we need we need each other and we need to come together and 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 help and support each other and that's you know that's that's a big part of of the voiceover network absolutely 
Absolutely. I think it's very easy to see other people's success and allow yourself to get discouraged. But I think a better mindset to have on that is, well, if they can do it, then you can do it. Find out what they did and do that. Emulate it. What makes that person so successful? And I think in entertainment, and particularly in voiceover, if we don't book something that we thought we were perfect for, or if we see other people around us of a similar age and gender booking things around us, we go, well, maybe we're not very good. Maybe I just suck. Maybe that's the problem. But that is just not the case. That is just not the case. We're so lucky, aren't we, really? Because everybody's voice is unique. They've all got their own style, every single one of them. And sometimes we might not fit that role, but that's fine. That's fine. You will book something else that you do fit. And it's just a case of persisting and not giving up and not allowing those sneaky thoughts to interrupt you. You are talented if you have invested into yourself and you continue to invest into yourself and develop your craft. Yeah, yeah. And there are so many opportunities out there in the voiceover industry right now, aren't there, in terms of the global market? Um, and how do you so 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 tell us a bit about how you find work because you you were talking about the pay to play sites and some people find pay to play sites you know really really like fantastic and and that's great but there are other ways to get work and and so you know do you want to share a little bit of, of where you go to get work and how you build that up? Well, to close on the pay to play sites, first of all, if you are on a pay to play site and you're paying an extraordinary amount of money and not getting very little return, then that should raise a big question mark above your head as to why. If you've got a free profile on there and they're just sending you things in your bucket, great. You know, you're not losing out on any money. Just make sure the rates are good. Calibrate with people in your circle. Use the VoiceOver Network Facebook group. Check the DVAA rate card. Just make sure that you are being clever about it. Speak to your agent. Make sure you're protected. Other areas of getting work is, well, the biggest and best one is referral, as we've just spoken about. But outside of that, LinkedIn. Speak to people on LinkedIn. Connect with people on LinkedIn. Make friends with people on LinkedIn. And here's the thing. Don't think about it as, oh, this person is somebody who I can get work with. Look at them and go, wow, you're somebody who one day I would love to work with. You're getting pestered every day by a thousand voiceover artists. What can I do to make your life that little bit better? The other thing is Google. It seems cliche, but put into Google local production houses, write down companies that you want to work with, find them, just make friends with people, connect with people. It's tricky because there's a thin line between begging for work and genuinely making relationships. And I think there is an element of skill to that, but I think it really comes from being your true self and not coming from a place of desperation. It's really hard when the bank balance is low and especially in the environment we're living in now, but it's got to be genuine. Really what you need to bring to any encounter with any human being in any stake of life is you, the authentic, genuine you, bring your character. And if they don't want you for who you are, then you're better off without them anyway. So that's probably a slightly different approach. And I'm not saying fob people off, totally not. But be you and well, it will happen. It just takes time. It just takes time. And then the final thing is, I don't remember if I I said the last thing was the final thing, but I promise this is the, the final thing. The final thing, keep your eye on social media. Stuff comes up on social media all the time. Oh, and no, no, another final thing. This one, this one, this one is the final thing. Past clients. Every time you work with somebody or every time you audition with somebody, make a note of it, put it in a spreadsheet, put it in a drive, whatever you need to do, keep those people. And then once or twice a year, just check in with them. Hey, I've got a new demo. Hey, I've got a new website. Mm -hmm. Check on their stuff. Oh, wow. I love the stuff that you just did with Mars. Whatever it is, whatever they're up to, 
stay connected, stay current, make it interesting and move forward from there. Brilliant advice. Thank you very much for that, Alan. Um, okay, we're going to take a short break now, everyone, to hear from our fabulous, amazing sponsors. But we will be back very soon. This podcast is sponsored by Apogee, Hindenburg, Source Elements, and Focusrite. Source Elements, pioneers in remote recording since 2005. Whether you're narrating lines for films, audiobooks, animation, or video games, with Source Connect, you will deliver remote voiceover takes in the highest quality and in perfect sync over the internet. This podcast is brought to you by Focusrite Vocaster. Focusrite's recording interfaces have already helped make more recordings than any other, ever. Now, with Vocaster, it has never been so simple to get the best-sounding podcast. With auto-gain, enhance, and easy start tool, all the things you need to get recording. Vocaster is the easiest way to set up your show. Find out more at focusrite.com or search Vocaster. Tell the world. This podcast was sponsored by Apogee, your audio solution. When it comes to home studios, Apogee is on the cutting edge, providing excellence in every area. They creatively think outside the box to create solutions for all the day-to-day problems faced by voiceover artists. And finally, Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, we are back with Alan Shires, um, who is sharing lots of great insights and information with us all today. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about, um, so you do on-screen presenting and voiceovers. What what do you see as the kind of main difference between those different, like, yeah, genres? Well, from on-screen acting, other than in the pandemic, you nearly never get to work from home. It was funny during the pandemic because quite regularly they would, especially for commercials, like doing things on Zoom was all really popular. So it kind of made it easier to work from home. But typically speaking from on-screen acting, you don't get to do that from home. And in voiceover, quite regularly you do. I mean, I know we do get called into studios, but we can connect from our booth wherever we are in the world to anywhere else. I'm in the north of England and just recently, I did a session with Dallas, Texas, 6,000 miles apart. And you don't get the same flexibility with acting. Presenting is an interesting one because that really is a mixture. If you've got a good backdrop and a good setup, you may do a fair bit of presenting from home. Very unlikely that it'll be anything for national television. Typically, it'll be corporate stuff. So that one probably sits in the middle. The common themes is all of the behaviors. So the stuff that we talked about earlier on, being punctual, being friendly, be a good business person, that kind of thing. And similarly, from a performance side of things, it's quite similar as well. What I will say is, depending on the genre that you're dealing with with TV, less is often more. It really doesn't invite much of the exaggerated content. For me, I love video games. So whenever I get a video game script and I can just go bonkers in this booth, it's great fun. 
but very rarely on TV will you get that. Very, very rarely indeed. Not that it doesn't exist, but it is very, very rare. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And and let's talk about, so as a voice actor, what challenges have you faced in your career and how have you overcome them? I think being a voiceover artist is inconsistent. And even the most successful people at points will have months that weren't as lucrative as others. And it's a tricky question because the voiceover industry is so big now. There's more work than ever before, but there's more artists than ever before, isn't there? And with that comes the challenge of, well, what am I doing at this point in my journey? And because everybody's in a different place, it requires something of a slightly different answer. So if you're really far along in your voiceover journey, you might find that things haven't changed all that much. Or maybe you are in a position of where you're not allowed to do a certain character anymore because it's become more diverse. So maybe you have seen a bit of a drop, but then perhaps you can teach to regenerate some of that lost income. So if you're at the top end of the ladder, then that's great. People in the middle who are sort of working regularly, bringing in a fairly decent amount of income, the hustlers, their challenge is time. They want to get in as much work as they can. They're not making the massive 5K jobs, but they've got no time to diversify and to spread out and to find more stuff. So for those people, really what they need to do is is they need to be so narrow in what they say yes to. Maybe look at some of the clients on the lower end of their spectrum and who are paying them maybe a little bit below industry standard and say, hey, you know, look, things have changed. Rates are going up all over the place. This is my rate. Can you pay it? And if they say no, that's fine. That's totally fine. But they might say yes. And if they do say no, well, it frees up some time for you to bring in some new clients. And this is one of the things which bugs me a little bit about paid play sites. People will quite happily work 100 jobs for very little money and have no time left and very little money at the end of it. Or they could just up the rate, do five jobs and get mass amounts of money and have loads of free time. If you're at the beginning of your journey, study, learn, invest into yourself. There is so much free content out there, just like this podcast. VoiceOver Network membership alone, without taking any workshops, gives you so much. You can check out all the past webinars, read the Buzz magazine. So yeah, wherever you are on your journey, I think it comes with a slightly different challenge. But the solution really lies in thinking outside the box, I think, because you are working in a fairly competitive market. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. What exciting things do you see happening in the voiceover industry right now? One of the things I really like about the voiceover industry at the moment is the attention to detail. We know there's all of that troubled stuff at the bottom, all of the really, really cheap stuff, but anything which is coming with real quality has the most phenomenal attention. If we look at how commercials are cast or how video games are cast, the attention to detail in these briefs has become magnificent and the end product has become perfect. It lacks any imperfection. Like what we are doing now in the voiceover industry, typically on the standard day, ignoring all of the stuff right at the bottom, the the messy stuff, it strives towards perfection. And that excites me. And there's a reason why it excites me is because, first of all, it shows that voiceover industry has got budget behind it. It's not a cheap, smaller little sibling to the acting world. It's got its own premise, its own platform, its own stage. The second thing is it should have high quality. We all work very, very hard to gain skills or to learn how to do what we do. So for us to go through all of that effort, we want to bring it all together. It's like a cake, isn't it? You've got your cake base, you've got your icing, you've got your trimmings. It's a massive recipe and the end product is whatever we see on the screen or here on our ears. 
So that level of perfection, which is going into things at the moment, though it comes and bears challenges and it makes it hard to book work sometimes, I think that's excellent because it always means that you are being fully utilized, you are being fully appreciated, you are being fully compensated. And I hope that continues. And I also love these, particularly on ads at the moment, is that they generally have a longer version and a shorter version. Maybe the 30 second one goes on TV and then the three minute one goes on the internet. And I'm like, that's really powerful stuff as well because it offers different mediums to different audiences. And I think that's great coverage. And for usage in particular, that's also quite exciting as well. Awesome. Good stuff. Okay. So Alan, this is the this is a question I like to ask all my guests. Oh. Um, <laughs> what would you say to a younger you? What advice would you give to a younger you? Quit your job sooner. It's not that bad. A younger version of myself. A lot of my hindrance earlier on in my career was the fact that I worked full time. I couldn't invest into being a voiceover artist or an actor. I didn't even know voiceover was a thing until that conference in 2017. I just thought it was a tiny little niche. I didn't realize how big it was. Mm. And then all of a sudden I started to notice, oh, it's a voiceover artist on the radio and stuff like that. So I would honestly tell my younger self not to get so involved with a day job and just to invest into performance so much sooner. I don't have any regrets about how I started off in the voiceover industry. Like, I feel like my approach was foolproof. I didn't just fall into something and got lucky. I worked really, really hard for a solid two years. I really hustled. So from that perspective, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. The only thing which I kind of feel sad about is that I was 26 years old when I found that out. I wish I found out about it the day that I left uni. I wish that somebody at some point in my studies had introduced me to voiceover sooner because that was the moment for me which I could see a pinnacle change in my career. Awesome. Amazing. It's been so fun to be interviewing you. Yeah, it's <laughs> different. I like, uh, I like being on yeah. this side of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's really awesome. Um, I just want to say thank you um, for all the work that you do with the VoiceOver Network and all, all that you do for the members of the VoiceOver Network. I know lots listening to this now. Um, you've helped with it, you know, answering their questions and supporting them. And also, you know, you've done so much. So I just want to say thank you. No, you're quite welcome. I thoroughly enjoy what I can do. And I think if there is an opportunity to help somebody, we should always take it. Definitely. Yay. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you for, for being a guest on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. And guys, make sure you check out next week's episode. See you soon, Rachel. Bye. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. With special sponsors, Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry.